Aloha mai kako. Welcome to episode 7 of the Moana Nui podcast. Today we sit down with Dorfis John. Dorfis is the writer and creator of Spirit's Destiny and the owner of Hente Entertainment. She aims to give readers of all ages stories and influences that encourage them to learn more about their cultural roots. You can find Dorfis on Facebook at Spirit's Destiny Universe and on Instagram at Spirit's Destiny Universe. We will also have links in the show notes. Welcome, Dorfis. Uh-huh. How, you, How doing? Are you doing today? I am doing lovely on this very hot day. Hello, my name is Dorfis Jean. I am the creator and writer of Spirit's Destiny, Nia Kaler. And I'm also working on another ser- um, two more other series of uh, The Adventures of Danielle and Makanda. Uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Makanda. He's one of the first male voodoo priests who actually um, helped poison nearly half of the slave masters when they were in Haiti. Um, he actually taught the, the slaves how to poison their masters in their sleep. And... Um, when he was captured, rumored is that uh, they tried to burn him alive and he escaped. So, um, and they had cut his arm off. So he's one of the very prominent uh, individuals in Haiti. Um, there, he's. They call him a demon. They say he's a. You know, my mom doesn't really like. They never discussed the story with me, so I had to figure it out on my own. Yeah. But he's one of the most prominent before um, the Haitian Revolution. So he was one of the guys who actually um, assisted. Who wanted to? He wanted to make change. That's awesome. I, I, it's funny that you bring up that name because I was actually doing some research um, on Friday and a little bit yesterday, and his name popped up. So, asking Makando. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Makanda. Makanda. Okay, so the L is silent. Yeah. Gotcha. So Wakanda, but with the M, kind of. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, but you posted some concept art of him at one point, right? Yes, I did. I, I posted him. Um, we, um, me and this other Haitian writer, we posted a concept of what he, how he would look like during um, slavery. But we gave him like a suit, like because we made him immortal because he is part of uh, the Spirit's Destiny universe. Um, he's actually going to be like Spirit's um, guidance, uh, guide counselor. Um, oh, he's very okay. um, sassy. So, you know, he's a very quick or, you know, he's very strategic. I would probably say he's like a death stroke, but much more okay. in a, like in a good side. But he just he shows no mercy for anybody because he was, it was rumored that um that his hand was cut. They cut one actually they cut both of his hands, but the first time we only cut um he has um they cut off his forearm. So um when you see the um the drawing, you're gonna see he only have he has a mechanical hand. Um, um the artist behind that is Julie. Thank God for Julie. She did a amazing job drawing on Makanda. Um, she's also Caribbean, so she actually uh, researched. So we gave him dreads, and we just drew him how he would look now, you know, as an immortal. An old, grumpy man, like middle-aged, but he just doesn't age. He's like a Benjamin Button, that guy that just aged backwards. Yeah. It's like that. Um, but when I was researching, I'm like, we have all these male prominent um Haitian prominent in our in our society. I'm like, what about the women? We had women that was fighting in the, the Haitian Revolution. Um such as Marie Jean Damitia. 
she was our Haitian modern um, Mulan. I'll say that. She dressed up in uh, army clothing and she was fighting along until he died. She also fought during the um, the Haitian Revolution, Suzanne. Um, and I was like, it's only five? And I'm still researching. Um, there was another one. She was a, a voodoo priest, like I was just speaking. Um, they felt like um, fat men. Um, they felt like when she was, uh, you know, casting these spells, she gave the military a boost. They feel like she's the reason why, why they won the Haitian Revolution. I think there's really, I believe there's two more. I'm trying to remember. Give me a second to remember because I was literally looking for Haitian female heroes, and that's the only way I was being inspired when I was creating um, Spirit's Destiny. We don't have no Haitian female superheroes. We have all these. We have Doctor Voodoo. You know, like, but there's nothing for us, for us women. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I need to create somebody. I'm like, even though she's Haitian American, but um, I made her, I, I made her grandma another hero. Um, she's very, um, very important to the story. I actually, uh, grandma is like of another voodoo priest. So these, um, Cecile is actually her, Cecile and Makanda is actually her, her, her idols. So she learned everything from them. So I really like that. Um, when I met the grandmother in, in the story. <laughs> okay. Everybody loves her. <laughs> I do. Like Everybody she, loves her. It's like clear that she's a strong woman. Um, and it's not like she has to really say it. It's just, it's subtle, but it's there, you know? Um, yes. Uh, she is the animation version of my late grandmother. I'm like, I had a dedicated character to her. And um, when I um, told my mom about it, my mom teared up because, you know, my grandma died in 2012. And I said, Mommy, I, uh, Spirit's Destiny, I have grandma in it. Because uh, Spirit's mom is my mom. My mom was uh, very, very tough on all her girls. And when I only have one brother. So she, she, she was very lenient with him. But she showed us tough love. So if, if anybody, like, read into the, the story, they'll see how hard she's on Destiny. It's like I had to make the characters very authentic, like from my life, because Destiny is something somewhat sort of like me. I'm a I'm a goofball. You know, I take things serious sometimes, but that's one of the reasons why I, I created her. I want her to symbolize me. You know, I'm Haitian American. I just know, you know, so far as much I know about my heritage, but I'm still learning. And I hope other people continue to learn because a lot of people that's Haitian has been hitting me up. They're like oh my gosh, you created a Haitian hero. I want to do this and that. I'm like, go for it because there's not a lot of Haitian creators. It's me and, um, what's her name that she works for Marvel? Roxanne. Roxanne okay. Gay. Yes. Um, and so that kind of hits on, you know, the importance of representation, right? I think for a lot of us indie creators, it's one of the things that drives us to, to you know, be yeah. brave enough to write our stories and, and create things because... You know, you keep looking around, and it's like, okay, where are the where are the the characters and the stories that I can relate to? And that's why I, I one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast because you know, there's so every time I talk to people, they're like, oh, can you make a character that looks like me? You know, can mm -hmm. you turn into a superhero? I hear that so much. So you know, despite what you know the media may say that uh you know stories that are led by characters of color won't be successful i find that to be uh, quite frankly bs so that is <laughs> you know you know what you've been preaching this to me for a while 
because <laughs> when the second Spiritual Destiny campaign came, it was funded quick, like in what, 24 hours, 48 hours? I was shocked mm-hmm. because I was back in the promotion, few people were, and I was just going hard. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, other people actually want to read about this. I'm like, right, I need right. to keep going. I've been in, and, and I was like, okay, since I'm regrouping, I got somebody that's actually is going to guide me the correct way um, when it comes to writing. Which is Greg. Greg is my new um, editor. He's Haitian. So I'm like, okay, he's going to assist me. And I cannot wait to drop Spirit's Destiny 3 and 4 because I'm like, I'm not going to drop a Kickstarter just for 3. I'll just do 3 and 4. But um, he's been guiding me the correct way. Um, he actually been educating me on our Haitian roots. So that's one of the reasons why I did hire him as an editor. Because I actually want to learn. If, you, if anybody knows about Greg, he's very... Um, open about folklore he always writing about uh, the african folklore and you can learn a lot from his series i love his writing i'm learning so much from him so you guys will be very surprised the route that i go for um for issue three absolutely so when you say greg are you talking about um greg burnham who does mm-hmm. Tuskegee airs oh i'm so sorry greg Elise. greg Elise. okay it's it's nana okay yep yeah love his story too Amazing. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are working together. Um, and it's like really cool for like an editor to help shape the story. You know, like just it's just a, a bonus to have a really good editor who can really round out, um, you know, a story. And the fact that he's also Haitian is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, that yeah. was that, that was a bonus right there. You know, uh, I wrote it one way and then, you know, he's been guiding me. I'm like, OK, yeah, like today I'm, I'm going to just be finish out the story. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Greg really shaping out my story. You know, <laughs> you, you, I've, I've dealt with different editors, but I've never dealt with an editor like Greg. So I was like, I feel like I w- I'm, in a, I'm in a great position. Most of my stories are based on women, female superheroes. I do. And my first male hero is Makanda. And I have another one, which is my son. My son is special needs and he's Haitian. So I'm going to um, get a, create a... a kids comic book based on him and other kids with special needs as superheroes so i'm just you know trying to make sure i create a, a universe with people that ha- that's different not not the same as we all see on tv everybody with the blonde eyes blonde ha- blue eyes blonde hair like I'm, I'm tired of that and then with the little stitch braids like come on braids are not like that so <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm actually crossing over to other um, cultures. Like, I actually asked people, like, I, 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 um, I created a, a black Muslim superhero. I went to actual Muslim. I did not go to no, I did not Google anything. I wanted her to educate me what was appropriate, what this and that, because I know they're pacifists. So I'm like, okay, what do you think with this? Is this appropriate? You know, like, instead of other people, they just Google. They think this is the right way. No, I'd rather just go, like, just like for you. I said, I want to create a Haitian. <laughs> I want to create a Hawaiian character. I went straight to you, to resource. <laughs> and you gave me some books. And that's it. Like, come on. Like, we got to we gotta respect other people's culture. That's just how I see it. I totally agree. And and I, I love that you said that because, yes, Google and, you know, research online is amazing. But um, when you can talk to someone who is of that ethnicity, culture, you know, whatever you might be studying, it's just so, so much more impactful. Um, yes. 
because you want to keep it true to like you know what they experience what what the story is i mean and because because it's very like cultural influence is very sensitive um area and you definitely don't want to be offensive right um and so you know like making that extra effort can only help your story um and its acceptance you know when it's up released out into the public so i guess one of the things that i you know i like to say and i don't know if this is true for you but you know like i never feel like i am the expert on anything i'm always learning and i just hope that yes. you know people will be along the journey to learn you know learn with me too because <laughs> that's really you know that what it's all about right exactly because you could never stop learning about anything like i'm I, I get goosebumps each time i learn about my culture and i don't want to stop learning because it's so much like we we're in a what 20th century these people been going through well they went through the atlantic slave trade mm -hmm. back in the 1400s i want to learn so much about that and, and i'm glad um i got the um the opportunity i just got hired as a history teacher i'm going to really really tackle these children's mind but even though it's not world history it's u.s history but still Haitians, we um we helped out uh, the United States for the Civil Wars, a couple of Civil Wars. If it was Haitians helped out for the Louisiana Purchase with that yep, Civil yep. War, so yep. like a lot of people don't know that. I'm like, go yep. to Louisiana, you will see a uh, a couple of um, statues of soldiers, even Luzon, that that helped us win the Haitian Revolution. So yep. the Caribbean been helping for the Civil Wars for a very long time, and the way they're being mistreated, I, I understand how they feel. I wish they would not be so destructive uh, when they're expressing themselves because Haitians, they do destruct, they're very, they express themselves sometimes through destruction, um, through words, but they're going to get something done. They're going to show that they, that you're going to hear them out. So that's one of the things that um, Haitians do do, but we, people got to always acknowledge that we want some of the wars that were won was because of the people from the Caribbean. And, you know, it's a lot of, it's very, it's a lot of, it's a very dark history between uh, Haiti and different countries because, you know, they were the first one to have uh, freedom from slavery. Yep. So there's a lot of jealousy. I want to say, I'll say jealousy. There's a lot of envy, um, a lot of hatred. There's a lot of Caribbeans that don't like Haiti, and that's fine. People don't know that uh, America stole $9 billion from Haiti. Bully them. Like, if you go to Haiti right now, they, they have a strong hatred for Americans. Uh, me, I have to actually act like I'm from there because they have a lot of strong hatred for Americans. They're like, oh, all you guys do is come here and bully us and exploit us. And, you know, that's that's not everybody's intentions. That no, I know that's not my intentions, but I have family there, so I'm good. You know, French, you know, the French colony, when Haiti beat them to dust, they bully Haiti to pay them for beating them. So it's like, it's crazy. Like, people actually yes. research these things. They'll be like, wow. This country been bullied all their lives. Haiti also helped out Dominican Republic to be who they are right now. Helped them, you know, for, for slave with slavery and they're beefing. So it's like, I understand where they're coming from, but I just, you know, I would have done things a different route. But this is what, but this is what they've been learned to do. They mm -hmm. take things into their own hands. They've been learning, they've been fighting all their lives. So you can't really tell them, oh, don't do it this way. I respect my culture. I'm still learning. But yeah, I was shocked about when, when I heard that the French owe them money and they've been trying to get their money back, but you know, it is what it is, but I'm not going to say, um, Haiti has, Haiti has had a lot of corrupted leaders as well. So, and all of um, Haitian history, we only had one female president and she was just, a uh, um, one of the presidents had to step down cause he was corrupted and she took over for like a hundred days and they, you know, they took, they removed her. So 
Haiti has a lot of uh, dark eras and have good eras as well. Sounds familiar. What you just said, where they only had one female leader and she was removed. Same thing yes. happened in my culture. Misogyny um, runs deep, right? Runs deep in the islands. <laughs> and I also like that you brought up um, Dominican Republic because uh, I don't think a lot of people realize that like Haiti and Dominican Republic is the same island. Like, yep, it's divided, you know. And there's such a stark contrast between the two sides, which is also, you know, back deeply rooted into slavery and how um, the different parts of those islands have evolved, um, you know, over time. Um, uh -huh. And it's also interesting that you brought out the fact that the French, like, convince Haiti to pay them for reparations, basically, yes. which is crap because, I mean, they, if anybody is owed money, it's the Haitians and the slaves. Um, and my husband and I were just talking about that when I was, you know, doing some prep for today, so. Yep, and, and that's why I said I understand the anger. I really understand the anger um, and, you know, how they feel. Like, they, they, like, I can go to Haiti right now. They're going to educate me. And I, I want to go when things get a little settled. But um, I want to learn more because you know, um, I could I could own I can get so much from out of a book. But I would rather go to the books in Haiti. Mm. Because Lucky is translated in English. They have their whole libraries and stuff that I actually want to explore and you know learn from the people there, from my elderly, from the elderlies and stuff. I actually learned a lot from my grandmother before she um, passed away. You know, my grandmother she took care of twenty nine kids. Mm -hmm. You know, in her village. So and then she has a house there. So you know, I want to go back there. You know, and you know, I want to donate books because I want to translate all the books and donate to them because they're not used to, um, you know, comics. Right. So I want to, I want to show that I want to, you know, give them the opportunity to see. Okay, this is the comic book that I created. This is my first Haitian female superhero. This is what we're doing in the in the states. Hopefully, one day we can have a comic con here and we could just build that bridge. So it sounds like that might be a project we have to like collaborate and work together because I, I think course. in our networks we have we can put together a pretty good thing <laughs> yes you know everybody will be will be happy to go to haiti <laughs> and then have some fun over there like authentic food how can you go over there they're gonna just have parties all day <laughs> i i find that similar in our culture too like we may not have a lot but we're gonna eat good yeah they're gonna eat good i'll tell you that <laughs> they're they're gonna make sure you're full at the end of the day for sure. I, when I went to Haiti, I witnessed them killing a, a, a cow in front of me. I was shocked. I was like, wow. The cow was so... And um, I, I witnessed them um, slaughter a pig, chickens, and they and they cooking it right in front of you. And I was shocked. I'm like, so we don't go to the meat market? No. Then <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to see that. We don't go to the meat market? So I was. they wanted me to see it because they told me this is how they, you know, their lifestyle. So... Mm -hmm. My mom was just sitting there like it was nothing. I'm like, mommy, like you haven't been here in a while. Like you just sitting here like it's nothing. We go to the meat market. So Yep, that's how um it was when I grew up too in the islands. Like my grandparents had a pig farm basically. Um Yeah. And yep, I, I saw them, you know, slaughter the pig and hearing all the noises, you know, it's it, it it just makes you appreciate life more and like because you're essentially taking away you know the life of an animal so that you can survive right so like yes because things are the way they are now 
that kind of connection and understanding has been lost, right? So unless you're, you know, in a community that still finds, you know, and still does all the things, but most people, right, in in modernized cities and things like that, like you said, we go to meat market, and you know, I don't need to see where it comes from, but in some ways you do, because then you appreciate what you have. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm very appreciative. Like I, I went there. Um, there was a part um, in Haiti where they had no toilet. I had to go sit like uh, in the little wooden, the little wooden box just to use it. They gave me a toilet paper. I was like, okay, this is a different lifestyle. <laughs> it's all different. So, yes, the outhouse. Oh, my so I'm, I'm that too. <laughs> yeah, I experienced that when I, I, I had traveled overseas and uh, where was it? I think it was in India and it was the same thing. It was like, you know, a hole in the ground and you squat over it and, you know, you might have some toilet paper. I always had toilet paper on me, but... Um, yeah, you gotta have toilet paper. <laughs> no matter where you go, have toilet paper. But the, the experience is like amazing. It's like, okay, this is how, this is their lifestyle. You know, let me embrace it. It's not bad at all. Um, they swim in these uh, rivers. I couldn't swim. Um, they treat you like royalty. They was like, I was 11, 12. They were bathing me. I'm like, mommy, what are you doing? I'm like, I bathed myself. She said, no. She said, I'm from the States. They're going to treat you like this. She was just paying people. My mom has servants and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, mommy, what is this? So I guess because she from the state, they feel like she had money. So she was just passing out money like crazy. That's interesting. So interesting. Yeah, they were standing in the line. I didn't know how that much cousins. When I went to Haiti, I didn't know how much I had that much cousins. I, it was crazy. And my, my dad, some of his family are from the um, Bahamas. So, okay. Yeah, I have, yeah, I have a big family. So, same here. <laughs> <laughs> same here. <laughs> so, how often do you get to go back? I mean, you know, before COVID, do you go back regularly or? I'm gonna tell you, I haven't been, I haven't been back since I was 13. I want to go back so badly. My mom does not want me to go by myself. Like I was gonna take my son. She told me no. She's gonna take her grandchild. I'm like, that's my son. She don't want me going there by myself. And I was gonna go to the the um the resort. There's a resort called La Vida. That's where everybody go to. Mm-hmm. Cause she told me, you know, it's not safe for an American to go there. They're gonna try to take advantage and all that. So she said she'd rather me go. She said I'm gonna go somewhere. I have to go to the resort. So my mom is very overprotective of me when it comes to going to Haiti because I really don't know where I'm going. Like my cousins, you know, my aunt is there, you know, they can pick me up. My aunts, um, my cousins, they all speak English, French and Spanish and Creole. So I have no problem when it comes to translation. When I speak to them in English, they reply to me in Creole most of the time because they feel like I should know how to speak Creole more, but they know how to speak all these languages and they're much more advanced in us, math, everything compared to people in, here in the States. Yeah, I was shocked because they was helping me out with homework and I was up there. So I was there for like almost a month. Um, my mom's, you know, the next time, I told my mom I want to go this year or in January. Mm-hmm. I told her at least let's go for like two weeks, you know, for the experience. I said, for the last time I went, they, t- they took all my clothes. And I, t- I remind them each time they call, I'm like, yeah, I remember when y'all took my clothes when I was little? I said, this time when I go, you know, I'm going to have a lock on my l- luggage. I'm going to give you guys money, but don't take my stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> to this day they laugh about I'm like yo don't take my clothes <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny um so going off the family thing um that was a really strong theme in both spirits destiny and Nia Kaler um 
Nia Kaler um, and the relate the friendship she has with Destiny. You know, you see how their their, their relationship with what their parents are. Greg is also is going to be the editor for that series as well. Nice. And um, Nia Kaler is gonna be very much part of the Haitian uh, culture because you know because her best friend spirit. So she's learned that as well. Um, but I wanted to create a strong female series. You know, I have plenty more with different. Um, I wanted to have create a, a diverse female superhero team. Mm -hmm. So that was the goal. But you know, my main story, my main comic series is Spirit's Destiny. But you know, I'm bringing you know other series along with me, and I hope everybody likes it. You know, I'm I'm growing. I'm still growing. I'm taking my time. I'm not going to rush anything. I feel like I've rushed with some of my um, my work. People don't feel that way because, you know, everybody's not going to like your work. But I, I wanted to, you know, grow. I wanted to take my time, um, learn about the business. I've been learning from you. Um, communication is key, you know. So, you know, learning the delivery process, building my own website. I'm doing everything by myself instead of going through a third party. So I'm still growing. I didn't know how important comics were to people until I actually went to a Comic-Con. My biggest Comic-Con that I went to was in C2E2. That was very overwhelming. Most very overwhelming moment of my life. I was with Greg. Greg is very annoying. I was tired. My feet was hurting for those four, three to four days. I'm like, Greg, how do you do this? He's like, he's like you got to hustle. We all sold out. There's people that are very interested in um, reading from other indie indie creatives. So mm -hmm. I was happy about that. Like people that was walking up to me, like, "Oh, you have a um, you're Haitian? Oh, I think it's Haitian Super Hill. I'm I'm from here. You know, there's not a lot of us in here. I'm like, what? And I just, you know, I was selling books like crazy. I was the first one to sell books, by the way. So I was happy about that. But thank God for for Greg and Jiva. So I learned a lot that day. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I've never been to C2E2 myself, but I, I do know that, yes, those larger cons are definitely different than your, you know, your typical hometown ones. Uh, we do New York Comic Con, um, you know, and that one, same thing. Very, a whole lot of people, but it's amazing because you get a lot of foot traffic, you get to talk yes. to a lot of people. Um, but it is exhausting, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was so tired. I had to keep stepping. I'm like, man, I need to step away from the table. I had to step away from the table a couple of times. I told myself I'm not going there by myself again because my friends mm -hmm. wanted to come. So now if we do, if I do get another table from C2E2, I'm going to try to get two tables. And I'm going to tell you, Moana, if, if you want a table, go ahead. Because work. <laughs> I'll try to get two tables because Greg is, Greg already called dibs. <laughs> so, um. With Spirit's Destiny and Nia Taylor, um, I read them both again side by side. And so I have a question. Does the events of Spirit's Destiny, is that chronologically, is that before Nia Taylor? Or okay. that is actually um okay, like for Nia Taylor, after they meet up with Spirit, you see that that's it's, it's, it's happening at the same time. So it's going you're not in the, like my next issue, you're not gonna see Spirit at all. Because that's when the, you know, issue two happened. So she's not going to be there. But she's going to find out what happened to Spirit. But she's not going to be there. So it, it happened at the same time. They both go to the same school together. So, but as you can see, they're both rebellious. Very hard-headed. And you see um, how their their parents are. Their parents do not play at all. But um, you're going to like the father. The father is, is the main character. It, the, the arc is surrounded by, for Nia Kelly, the arc is surrounded by the father. You're, 
it's up to the audience to figure out if he's a good guy or a bad guy. So this yeah. is, yeah. So you guys going to figure that out um for issue two? If he's a good guy or he a bad guy? I think Mia Kayla, her story. I feel like um I'm going to do a better job with issue two because I was by myself. You know, I was just. I just, I just wanted to write this story because it's been sitting on the shelf for so long. Like I have several stories that's sitting on the shelf, and I'm like, no, I, I need to actually, you know, get them out. Like I have another character called Black Caesar. I don't know if anybody's seen it. She's a Haitian pirate. Um, I actually named her after a Haitian pirate that was um, also prominent in um, the Haitian Revolution that actually helped. And we have, um, there's a, a myth about that um, there's treasure in an island in Haiti where pirates hide their treasure there. So um, that's going to be part of her storyline right now. Like um, I, when I posted her, somebody already con um, contacted me saying that, oh, they want her to an anthology. I'm like, I just posted her. I'm like, I didn't even post anything about her. But they like her look. So yeah, so I have to write that today, the six pager. But I'm going to come out with a comic book about her um, because she's also a part of another comic book series. It's a pirate horror comic book series. Um, It's going to be a female um, a Jamaican... I believe she's Trinidad. Well, the, well, the the lead a pirate is a woman, so she's very she's she, she's very dangerous, um, very strategic, and there's a lot of voodoo in there. So, it's a it's a mythical pirate story. I'm actually watching Pirates of the Caribbean for me to research before I even write. Yeah, because they tell me, Julie told me that's the best. Yes, yes, Lavanda. Yes, that's one. Um, this, this Marcus came up with this character right here. She's a uh, she's amazing. I called her. Black Caesar. Black Caesar, okay. Yes. She's named after a prominent black pirate that helped us out for the Hessian Revolution. She's actually very dangerous as well. She may look sweet in the face, but you know, you know what pirates do. They're thieves. They steal for their own greed. So, you know, I, I want to, you know, I, I just feel like we need more pirates that look like us as well, too. You know, there was a lot of female pirates, but they're not really represented. But in the Pirates Caribbean, they did a good job. That's why I got to finish watching that movie. They did a good job. I'm actually researching a lot. Yeah, so, like, another one, like, I'm a big fan of Pirates of the Caribbean, but the other show that I really like was Black Sails, and I don't know if they um, if they based a character on a real person, but I love that character. Okay, now I got to watch Black Sails. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you got to. <laughs> I got to watch Black Sails now. I like to research before uh, a character because I want to get in the zone because, you know, I, I, I write as a reader because we like to ask questions and yeah. I'm like, I want to, you know, get some inspiration, inspiration from different um, dialogue from movies, books, anything. So I'm going to watch Black Cells. Like I'm actually writing, um, I just got hired to write a Black Assassin and I got to watch the that movie with Taraji Penha when she's an assassin because she's an assassin and she's a mother. I'm like, okay, let me read. Julie recommended watch that movie. I'm like, let me go watch this movie. <laughs> What's it called again? I forgot. We got we got to get back to that. But it's okay. a, if you look it up, it's a movie from Taraji Penha. She's an assassin. Gotcha. I just forgot the name of the movie. No worries. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, I know you got to find that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Mary Jane? Is it something about Mary Jane? Something like that. Oh, that's, that sounds right. Mary Jane. Maybe. We'll find it. We'll find it. And we'll post it up um in the comments or the links later. <laughs> Yes, because I got to watch that movie. I have a lot of movies to watch. I don't watch TV, so that's another iffy thing about myself. I'm trying to go back to watching TV. I'm trying to get back into um, actually working on animation because I used to do animation um, 
reels in school. I went to, well, I haven't finished, I haven't graduated yet, but I was learning how to do 3D animation. So I'm like, I want to go back to it. Uh, one of my goals right now is to come out with a, you know, probably like a 20 minute, 15, 20 minute animation series. I want to pick um, a few um, indie characters because it's just it's the, the dark time of um, Destiny when she become dark. And I'm like, I'm going to need a few uh, indie characters superheroes to take her down so i'm like i'm going i got a few i know i gotta i need to talk to you about that <laughs> but i think it's gonna be a a, a good uh, animation movie I, I just want the art to look good i'm actually been looking and i actually mm-hmm. look into haiti i'm like let me see if i could get somebody you know people over there like, to learn how to draw even if i have to buy them like a tablet an ipad or get somebody to donate some ipads to them you know they can learn and you just go from there because it's so easy to do animation now so much programming just to get it done yeah, that's that's awesome. I that's an area where I would like to take the Wildcard Chronicles as well. Just like trying to manage the time across everything is the hard part. Exactly. Sure that's know. yes, because Maya, the program with the industry uses Maya, and it's uh it's very time consuming because you gotta you gotta sculpt the face, and some people use Blender, but you know I use the the industry um, program, and I think it, you know you learn a lot from it. The the trials and errors. Um, and then you're gonna learn how to reel, how to make them walk, and all that stuff. I, ha- I have the reels from from school. That still, I think I need a master. I need to get better at. And I'm in a few uh, Facebook groups, but it is time consuming. So I wanted to, you know, at least finish writing, get most of my writing out the way, and then you know yeah. get back to that because I was in film class as well. I was learning how to write uh, movies. Um, I have a few movie scripts that I need to write that I need to really tackle down. Like. I'm kind of glad that uh, I'm a teacher now because all I'm going to be doing is writing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, so, what age are the students that you're going to be teaching? They gave me eighth grade. They gave me eighth grade. Girl, that, that's when you see, see, right now, what you need to be doing is you need to give them your little research projects. Like, okay, okay. this is your oh, assignment. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, October is um, um, Hispanic Heritage Month. I'm already thinking about, like, okay, I need to narrow them down, which you know, a historical Hispanic um, person they can use. So there's that. It, it's a lot. Because <laughs> it's my first year, so I want them to enjoy Because not a lot of people enjoy history. Everybody say, oh, it's boring and all that. I'm like, come on now. I enjoy history. I hated math. Math was something I hated. But history was one of my favorite subjects. So I, I just want everybody to enjoy it. I, um, That's part of the goal. I probably, that's what one of the reasons why they hired me because I I told them I love history mm-hmm. and I want to play Assassin's Creed. You play Assassin's Creed? I have oh, not played it, it um, in a really long time, but yes, it, I love that, that video game. The visuals are amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You see how Black Flag, it, it, it spoke about um, Haiti historic moment. And I'm like, I could play this video for the kids so they won't get bored. You're like, okay, this is Assassin's Creed. Oh, she playing this Assassin's Creed for us. So, yeah, that's what I like about Assassin's Creed because they actually have historical moments where it's actually educating people that people don't realize, like, it's actually facts. Yes, people people don't think, they think it's just fiction. I'm like, I mean, they think it's non- non-fiction. I'm like, no, these are, this is real. These are facts that they're actually replaying. They're replaying history for us. And I really enjoy that about them because I was um I, I already have that video out so these kids can actually watch it one of these days. I, I totally recommend Black Flag for everybody. Black Flag. Let me try that. Out. Oh, and um, somebody said the movie that you were talking about earlier was is called Proud Mary. Oh, see, I know it was Mary something. Thank you. 
<laughs> that was my hub. He's my my movie and TV and movie uh, TV show and everything encyclopedia. Like whenever I need the answer, I'm like, hey babe, what's the answer to this? Who is that person that was on right. la 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 la? And he's like, oh, that's <laughs> I need to watch that. Yeah, I haven't watched it I either, but I definitely want to. Well, I, I actually love that you're going to be a teacher and that you're thinking creatively about like how to get the kids interested in history because most of history is focused on, you know, like American and Western Western perspective. Uh, uh, no, I, like I'm going to go with the curriculum, but I'm going to expand their minds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm going to go by the curriculum, but I'm going to expand their minds because like, come on, like there's a lot of stuff we did not learn, like. They will mm -hmm. talk about Tucson, but they don't elaborate what he did. So they need to learn about this stuff. And this is eighth grade. When they get to ninth grade, the history is much more elaborated. You know, they should have yeah. put it in elementary, yeah. middle school. Uh, they give a little detail, but high school is elaborated as much as that they can, you know, <laughs> watch. Like I we watch, I watched Roots when I was in high school. And I'm like, I know mm -hmm. I'm I'm watching, I'm like, is this true? Is this a true story? And then when, when my teacher said, yeah, I was like, wow, they cut, they really cut Toby feet off Kutakente. It was crazy. And I was happy mm -hmm. for that experience. That's awesome. Congratulations on, on this new, um, new path in life for you. That's awesome. Of course. Thank you. So um, I think we're coming up on our time. So I guess what is, what is the next project that you're, you'll be working on? I know you've talked about a whole bunch, but what are you excited about the most? I'm excited about Spirit's Destiny 3. Um, also, the one short of um, for Grandma Danielle, for her story um, as a yes. voodoo priest. Because voodoo is actually um, created as being bad instead mm -hmm. of good. Because mm -hmm. people fail to realize, people used to use voodoo just to heal folks. And yes. yeah. they don't want to, they just label it as a bad thing. So when people start researching, I'm like, I suggest you start researching and actually go so a voodoo priest, I'm like, some people give voodoo just for luck, you know? It's just all about belief. Also, I'm working on, you know, my Muslim story. That's another one I want to work on, I'm excited about. But the most, the one, the number one thing I'm really excited about my son's children comic book, because I'm actually branching out into much more friendly uh, type of genre. My son has special needs. He had a um, traumatic brain injury. So, you know, it's like he has a stroke, and but he's very mobile. And I just wanted to influence other kids. I've actually worked with um, other kids with special needs. So that's what also inspired me because I work with, you know, kids with autism, kids that's blind, you know, different type of children. I'm like, these kids are superheroes. I'm like, they don't complain about their disabilities. Yes. And they need to be represented as well. So they're excited about that. Yeah, I love it because we that's one of the things that we are trying to do with the Wildcard Chronicles too. We'll have, you know, like we'll deal with those issues as well, autism and special needs and and really um showing like the resiliency of, you know, our characters and how the struggles, you know, make make them stronger and yep. you know, like, having life handed to you is not a way to be a survivor, you know. Um Exactly. Like my first Kickstarter. My son, he accidentally shot himself in the head. And um, oh, no. that was my first Kickstarter. And when that story broke out, I told my backers that I'm going to continue. I'm, uh, I'm going, my son's in the hospital fighting for his life, but I'll continue to, um, you know, um, ship out your books. They told me no. All my backers messaged me and said, no, focus on your son. Right. And, uh, you know, 
So I was in the hospital for like four and a half months. So two months later, I'm like, I'm going to start shipping. They still didn't want me to do anything. But me, in my heart, I'm like, no. Because I know what it's like not to receive your stuff, especially when you investing in people. So I was shipping out their stuff. But it was very, very, very reasonable. That's why every time, every year in August, I get a little gloomy because that's, you know, that's the time when the accident happened and he's still here. He's the reason why I have Spirit's Destiny. So that's why I'm like, I have to come out with his own book. I actually got this illustration done of him. And he lo he loves it. I show his dad, and so I'm like, okay, this is this is going to be your character. You know, your character is much more powerful than mommy because you're strong. So he's excited about that. I'm trying to go. Um, when whenever I get that done, um, I have that kickstarted, and um, hopefully I can inspire other children because I've worked with special needs children, and I love them. They really really inspired me. Absolutely. I love it. Well, I hope that you will let us know when that Kickstarter is ready because we will be happy to support and also share it around, spread, you know, spread word about um, the wonderful work that you are creating. Thank you. Um, so before we end today, where can um, people find you online? Uh, do you have a website, social media? Where's the best to find you? Okay. Um, you can find me. I'm planning to, I'm going to put a landing page probably today or tomorrow. But my website is going to be Mel Melanin She Writes. The best place to find me is on Twitter, Spirits Destiny U, or Instagram, Spirits Destiny Universe. I'm always on all platforms. Also, you can also contact me on Facebook, Spirits Destiny Universe, and I also have my my personal Facebook, um, Dorothy's Jean. Yeah. It, I'm very outspoken, so go to my friendly <laughs> social media pages. <laughs> Moana well, know how I am, but you know you might. <laughs> so if you want it friendly, go to my uh, uh, my social media pages. Um, uh, once again, IG Spirits Destiny Universe, Twitter Spirits Destiny U, and Facebook Spirits Destiny Universe. You can contact me there. Um, I have books. I got. I need to order some more. I'm still shipping out. You know, just let me know what you want. Um, I have digital and um physical. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you coming on and just sharing just a little bit about Haiti and your your ethnic culture and your heritage, and all about all the projects that you're working on. So, um, thank you so much. You're welcome. And appreciate you. Yeah, good luck on um on your uh, your next writing project and <laughs> getting focused back into that. I know uh, I will be right there with you. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. Appreciate everybody that was listening. Yes, thank you to our listeners and to everyone who joined us on Facebook. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is Moana McAdams, host of the Moana Nui podcast. You can find me online at www.moanamcadams.com. Um, and you can follow me on social media, on Instagram. I am at The Real Life Moana. And on um, Facebook, you can find me at yeah. we have multiple pages, um, Wildcard Chronicles for our comic book series, as well as The Adventures of Nakoa and Nohea. Um, for our children's book series. Please give us a follow, give us a like, um, send us feedback on what you guys would like to hear about or talk about. If you have um, topics that you would like us to discuss on the podcast, uh, 
people send them my way. You can also email me, moana at burningfirecomics.com. Uh, and I look forward to hearing from all of you. And so with awesome. that, take care. Malama Pono. Hey.